Hello, and welcome to the 19th episode of Till Death Do Us Part. I'm Daniel. And I'm Melissa. And we're back. Back from our long break. Yes, we took a little bit of a break. Our kids went back to school. I went back to work full time and life just got a little crazy. So we needed to focus a little bit. But we're back and that's the important thing. It's been a whole whopping week. A whole week. Some of you are very concerned. So <laughs> I apologize. But nope, we're we're continuing this. This is kind of our thing right now. So we're not going anywhere. Don't worry. Oh, no, don't worry. We are here. We are here for you. And I am always here with useless information. Yes, but first we need to give a shout out to one of our 11 listeners. This is from Apple Podcast. It's from Steve E. Sue. Stevie Sue. I, yeah, Stevie Sue. Okay, I get it now. And it's titled Wonderfully Put Together. And this person gave us five stars. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. That's awesome. And they said... Have you ever been sitting in a restaurant and overhear a conversation at a booth close by, and the conversation is so interesting that you can't stop listening, and you keep finding yourself giggling? That's how I feel while listening to these two. Such a wonderful, wonderfully put together podcast. Melissa does a great job telling each and every story. Wow. That just made my month. Thank, Thank you, you so much for that. That's exactly what we want this podcast to feel like. Like you're hanging out with us at home. We're telling you a story. We're just bowling. Bowling? Bowling. I wanted to say bull S-H-I-T, but we do not cuss on this oh, show. okay. Well, so. thank you for making her month because it's hard enough for me. So with your help, <laughs> oh, we can um, collectively make her month. So I appreciate it. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> so you got some good factoids for me babe got some factoids i don't know where this is gonna go so uh we'll just see where it leads us we were talking about like sexual primes and stuff so technically you are in your prime so it's never gonna get any better than you're at right now i'm in my prime more or less. That's that's what they've oh said. My gosh. Like early 40s is really it. Can you tell my nether regions that I'm supposed to be in my prime right now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We can have a conversation later. <laughs> is that um, too much information? <laughs> yeah. So I was I just looked up aphrodisiac foods because um, who isn't interested in that? It's probably all BS, but um, a lot of it's from like Web and MD, Healthline, mm. stuff like that is where I saw it. Wikipedia. Not so much Wikipedia because it <laughs> it was it, it didn't really seem accurate. Yes. So um yes. The biggest thing I noticed is it's mostly just eat healthy. Ugh. Boring. So it's not very interesting, but of course like for women it says celery which was number 1. <laughs> oh and uh, oysters, bananas, avocados, almonds, mangoes, peaches, strawberries. Oh. Eggs, a lot of eggs. Okay. Does that sound like that's something you're taking in? I feel like I am. Well, not mangoes. So the number one, everything I read, a number one like supplement for women especially was red ginseng as red the most ginseng? effective aid for women. Well, what is red ginseng? I don't know. It's just a different version of it. Oh, I think you can okay. find it on most shelves. All right. Well, do Amazon t- Prime that. Do you right take now. that? No. 
Oh, there you go. All right. Well, I'm okay. Amazon. Here we go. Yeah. So men was kind of similar. I didn't okay. say anything about ginseng, but I guess it probably would work too. Oh, and then there's food for your nether regions. Oh, no. But what was the food for men? It was the same stuff. Celery, oh. oysters, bananas, avocados. Isn't pineapple supposed to be good? I did not see pineapple on there at all. Okay. Because, you know, people have that like whole old wives tale about pineapple. Um, you, you know yeah. that one? Oh, it was like, watermelon hot chilies. Mm. Um, the other one for both men and women was maca root powder. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I used to I take that. Does it work? I don't know. I can't remember. Oh, okay. <laughs> so they said the best foods for your um, nether regions for the women was cranberries, sweet potatoes, um, any foods rich in probiotics. Okay. Plant fats. So the- you're supposed to ingest those or rub them down there? Rub them. No, you eat them. <laughs> Then then I read, um, for women, for your big O, is a big apple. Oh. Have you heard that before? No, like red or green, Fiji. I don't think it matters. It doesn't matter? No, because whatever's in apples. Soy helps for, if you start going into menopause, they're saying that it's possibly could help with estrogen for the lack of estrogen. Soy? Soy. Oh, I guess I got to add soy to my freaking diet. And avocados help for the walls of your nether regions. Oh. And then dark leafy greens okay. help um, things not be dry. Oh. Which like kind of doesn't make sense because you think of like salad and yeah, spinach is like, oh, that's awful. Well, yeah, because you can't eat salad without salad dressing because it's too dry. Right. But it's but, supposed to. But the nutrients know. is what would actually help you. Okay. Now I get it. <laughs> On a related note, which didn't make any sense to me at all, but I thought it was funny when you're searching, it says um, foods for a bigger butt. Oh. Because while you're feeding your vagina, Mm -hmm. you should also try and make your butt bigger, I guess. Oh, like a Kim Kardashian butt? Yep. Flax seeds, eggs, quinoa, legumes, brown rice, uh, protein shakes, and avocados. Are supposed to make your butt big. I guess. Yeah. That's what's said. All right. Well, Um, speaking of Kim Kardashian... I did have a nice compliment that I do sound like Kim Kardashian. But it wasn't for your butt? No, it wasn't for my butt. It's my voice. Oh, I, you yes. know what? I would have no idea because I never listened to or watched those shows. So I apologize. I know. Hopefully I don't have the ugly cry face like she does. But do you want to know what a listener told me who you sound like? Who do I sound like? Owen Wilson. I could see that. Yeah, or totally. hear Or hear that. Yeah, I think it's a California thing. Yeah. Because you go, Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's okay, it. sorry. I didn't mean to change the subject. I thought that that was interesting that somebody said I sounded like her. Yeah. Whatever. So are there any aphrodisiac foods that you want to try and eat? More of? Yeah. How about Mexican food? Is that an aphrodisiac? I think if it contains all those things, but then it looks mm-hmm. like if you made a meal with celery, oysters, bananas, and avocados. That wouldn't be at Mexican food. And figs. What about alcohol? definitely not oh it's alcohol is not an aphrodisiac no oh okay but it lowers your inhibitions so i think this was actually health related nobody cares about that so i could eat all of that stuff but celery i gotta dip it in peanut butter is peanut butter well there's almonds so you could do celery dipped in almond butter see okay 
Two birds, one stone. As you're slurping down oysters. Mm. raw It has to be raw oysters, no. too, which doesn't make any sense to me. No. Okay, so there's a great oyster place in New Orleans called Acme Oyster House. And we've had oysters there, but they were the charbroiled and, you know, all that. Yeah, stuff. they're not actually... Well, you can get the the raw oysters. They're not too bad. I know. I can't. They're fresh. Uh, yeah. It's the slimy going down your throat. It's not that bad. It's hard for me to swallow. Relax the throat. Just let it happen. Just let it go. Yep. And then, yeah. <sighs> no, not for me. <laughs> well, now I'm hungry. Yeah, for all the uh, aphrodisiac foods. Um, Most of them. Uh-huh. Well, that was interesting. Thank you. Sure. That's it. All right, Daniel, you ready for my case? What you got for me today? Okay, I have the case of Fred and Walburga Oysterike. Wow, yes. Walburga. Walburga, but we're not going to call her Walburga because her nickname was Dolly. Oh, I thought you were going to say Wally. No, it's Dolly. Okay. Yes, yeah, so we are going to refer to her as Dolly. All right, here we go. Dolly Ostrich. Yes. Not ostrich. It's os- ostrich. Oh. O e s t e r r e i c h. Ostrich. All right. Okay. I'll stop butchering it. <laughs> no. On the night of August twenty second, nineteen twenty two, Los Angeles police received a call from a concerned neighbor of the ostrichs, Fred and Dolly. The neighbor had heard gunshots coming from inside their upscale home at 858 North Andrews Boulevard and someone screaming, Fred, oh, Fred. The neighbor then saw a shadowy figure walking to the back of the house. About 15 to 20 minutes later, all the lights in the house went off. When the police arrived, they entered the pitch black home, guns drawn. They immediately noticed the telltale signs of a break-in and possible burglary. Lamps and furniture were turned over and knickknacks were strewn about. As they made their way into the front parlor, they saw a body lying in the middle of the plush Persian rug. As they inched closer, they could see that the man was not breathing and had been shot in the head. Lying in a pool of blood was 44-year-old rich businessman Fred Ostreich. Not knowing if the murderer was still in the house, police began searching from room to room, eventually making their way up the stairs to the second story. Upon stepping on the top landing, they heard a muffled voice saying, Please help me. I'm locked in the closet. (laughs) Seeing a key on a sideboard, the police were able to unlock the door. As the door slowly creeped open, they saw a crumpled and shivering woman lying curled up in a ball on the closet floor. It was Mrs. Dolly Ostrike. As a police officer was helping her up, she asked if Fred was okay. Dolly was told that her husband of 20 years had been killed. Police then asked Dolly what had taken place that night. Dolly told police that they had come home from an evening out. She had gone upstairs to hang her mink stole in the coat closet when she had been violently pushed inside. Dolly heard the door being locked. She had assumed Fred was playing a trick on her. But when she heard a scuffle downstairs and gunshots, she knew it had not been Fred, but someone who had meant to do them harm. Fred had been shot three times, twice in the chest and once in the head. Investigators had also found a bullet casing in the wall of the parlor, 
All the bullets belonged to a twenty-two caliber handgun. That was not located at the crime scene. But a twenty-two is more of a home defense type gun, and not a gun that would be used in a robbery. The only thing missing was Fred's ornate pocket watch that Dolly had given him as a gift. It was an octagonal, octagonal, yep. is that how you say it? Octagonal mm-hmm. shape with diamonds all the way around. Unique and stunning. Nothing else was missing. Not even Fred's wallet that was mere inches from where his pocket watch had been. After interviewing Dolly and her neighbors and hearing that the neighborhood had been experiencing a series of break-ins, police concluded that Fred and Dolly had interrupted a burglary in progress. At least that's what they led Dolly to believe. Investigators weren't buying Dolly's story, but how was she able to lock herself in the coat closet from the outside and leave the key on the sideboard? She couldn't have shot Fred while being locked in a closet. Did Dolly have an accomplice? I think she did it. You think she did it? I don't know. How could she lock herself in a closet? Very carefully. (laughs) Very carefully. So did I paint the picture for you? Yes. So this is a very large house. Large house. Neighbors. Um, I picture like big trees lining the street. And her husband's dead, shot three times. She's locked in a closet with a key outside of it. Right. All right. You got it. Got it. Fred William Ostrike was born on December 8th, 1877 in Chicago, Illinois to German immigrant parents. Fred was a self-made man. By his early 20s, he owned an apron manufacturing company called Oystrike Apron Company, located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. That is where Fred met an attractive and charismatic 17-year-old seamstress named Walburga Korschel, also known as Dolly. Dolly had been born in Germany and immigrated to Wisconsin. Bored with rural farmer... Ugh, why can't I say rural? Rural. Ugh, I have such a hard time with that word. Bored with rural family life, she moved to Milwaukee and was hired at the textile factory. When Dolly was in her early 20s, she and Fred married. Talk about opposites attract. Fred was a hard-drinking, hard-nosed employer and was known to be difficult to work for. Dolly, on the other hand, was very nurturing and would smooth over any issues or grievances with their employees. Dolly was loved by all, especially other men. Dolly was known for having a wandering eye and an insatiable sexual appetite, which doesn't sound like Fred could satisfy. She was eating way too many aphrodisiac foods. She was. She was. She probably loved oysters. Probably. She seemed like that kind of chick. Yeah. A few years into their marriage, Dolly and Fred had a son named Raymond William Ostrike. Raymond was the apple of Dolly's eye. Unfortunately, Fred wasn't as involved with Raymond, needing to be at the factory all day and every day. When Raymond was 10 years old, he died from an illness. Raymond's death not only crushed Dolly, but it also drove a wedge even deeper into the Ostrike's marriage. Fred began drinking more heavily and preferring to be at work than at home, leaving Dolly alone. Oh, she's lonely. She's very lonely. Lonely Dolly. Yep. On occasion, Dolly would visit their employees and her former colleagues at the textile company. In 1911, on one such visit, Dolly noticed a young and handsome young man, 17-year-old Otto Sandhumer. Otto had been hired as a sewing machine repairman and maintenance guy. 
Otto was very good with his hands. Otto was known as a foundling. That is a term used to describe a newborn that had been found on a doorstep. Otto was raised in an orphanage. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Have you ever heard that word foundling before? Yeah, I I didn't really put that together and realize that's what it meant. Yeah, I know I've heard it before, but I had to look up what it was because I just didn't know. Oh, that's sad. I know, huh? Dolly still loved to sew and had a sewing machine located in their master bedroom. One day, Dolly asked Fred to send Otto over to the house to fix her sewing machine. With toolkit in hand, Otto made his way over to their large house. He knocked on the door and 33-year-old Dolly answered wearing only a silk robe and black thigh-high stockings. Nice. Dolly led the 17-year-old up to her bedroom and straight into her bed. They banged. I bet. He fixed her sewing machine, all right. (laughs) He sure did. Can you imagine being... Okay, go back, babe. You're 17 years old. You come over to fix somebody's riding lawnmower. Right. Okay. The woman answers the door in a black silk robe, which you can, I'm sure, can see everything, and thigh-high stockings. That's awesome. What do you do as a young boy? I skip the repair. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. That's awesome. You do. Lucky guy. (laughs) Dolly's sewing machine broke down a lot after that. I was going to say, I bet. (laughs) I can't seem to get this sewing machine running right. It just won't work. I just need him to come back over here again. So much so that neighbors became suspicious. Dolly began telling neighbors that Otto was her vagabond half-brother. Afraid her secret would get back to Fred, they began having sexual trysts at hotels. That could only last so long before Fred would become suspicious of money disappearing. Dolly came up with an amazing idea. Otto can move into their attic. Otto, finding himself in love, agreed to quit his job, move into the tiny attic, and become Dolly's live-in lover. Oh, and housekeeper. Fred was too cheap to hire a maid. So Dolly was in charge of keeping their large house clean and tidy. Wow. So he just is there for her pleasure and beck and call and then also doing chores around the house and keeping the house clean. Yes. He's basically her submissive is what I gather from this. Yeah. He's her full-time. Lover. Yeah. Isn't there a song? Oh, no. Part-time lover. Yes. They should change that to like full-time lover. Yeah. Who sings that? I oh, I don't know. The guy that plays the piano and he's blind. Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder sings that song. You're good. Thank you. I am good sometimes. For almost seven years after Fred would leave for work in the early morning. Okay, did you catch that? This was seven years. He was so this full time lover kid was yes. there for seven years? Seven years. For almost seven years. Oh my gosh. After Fred would leave for work in the early morning. Otto would come down from his tiny dwelling in the attic and service Dolly. They had adult aerobics up to eight times a day. That sounds awful. Eight times a day for seven years. For seven years. Wow. She really had quite an appetite. She did. She really, really did. I'm a little jealous. (laughs) Me too. That's amazing. (laughs) 
Oh, good for them, I, I guess. Know. Well, All sorry, right. that's not true because meanwhile, it's horrible. I what know. They're doing, but they're che- she's cheating on her husband. And for but... him to have a permanent little tiny residence in the attic. Yeah, he had a tiny little cot. So he has to stay quiet yes. while the husband's home yes. and wait, and then he gets to come out. Yes. So but... he had a tiny little cot. He had um, candles, and he I guess he had a little desk that he would write at. And the the husband never went in the attic, evidently, for, well, for at least for seven years. Okay, so let me get okay, into this, because I'm ahead. probably going right. to answer your questions. Sorry, I'll stop That's asking okay. questions. Otto would also help Dolly clean the house, prepare the meals, and make gin in the bathtub. When Fred would come home, Otto would make his way back up to the attic. He would read mystery books that Dolly would check out for him at the library. Otto also wrote his own novels of adventure and lust. He even had a few pulp fiction stories published while sequestered in the attic with the help of Dolly, of course. Pulp fiction refers to a genre of racy, action-based stories published in cheaply printed magazines from around 1900 to the 1950s. Magazines featuring such stories were typically published using cheap, ragged-edged paper made from wood pulp, hence the name Pulp Fiction. Wow. Isn't that I had cool? no idea. Me neither. Sometimes Otto would let his guard down and make a noise or eat leftover food in the icebox that Fred had been saving for himself. Fred would ask Dolly if she heard that or if she had eaten his steak, but she would always tell him he drank too much or was just going crazy, basically gaslighting Fred. On the rare occasion Fred and Dolly would leave for the evening, Otto would take that as an opportunity to walk around the neighborhood and enjoy the fresh air since he couldn't go outside during the day for fear of neighbors seeing the strange man walking around. So this is in Milwaukee, which is in Wisconsin. And isn't Wisconsin known for harsh winters? They, yeah, they've been known to have, yeah. have weather there during yeah. the wintertime. Are um, attics yeah. normally insulated? No, not not usually. So wouldn't the attic be freezing in the winter and scorching in the summer? I would say yes. Although attics, especially during the the winter time, hot air rises, so you're going to have some warmth from the house. Oh, okay. Um, th- everything I know about attics um, was from Christmas Vacation with Chevy Chase. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that's what I picture when you're talking about this. I just picture that scene with Chevy Chase and being stuck in the attic. Oh my gosh! I didn't even clothes. think of that. And that was supposed to take place in Chicago. So Illinois, right? Which so has really freezing harsh cold. Remember, and then right, he's, yeah, right. <laughs> so. That's such a great movie. In 1918, Fred decided to expand the apron manufacturing business and open another processing warehouse in Los Angeles. Dolly agreed to the move, but only if she was able to pick the house they were able to live in. Guess what Dolly was looking for in her new L.A. home? Big ass attic. An attic. Dolly settled on the house at 858 North Andrews Boulevard overlooking Sunset Boulevard. The home had adequate attic space. A few months before Fred and Dolly made the move, Otto caught a train to Los Angeles and settled into his new digs. Once Dolly and Fred moved in, Otto and Dolly's affair picked right back up. Fred once again hearing footsteps and noises coming from the attic. But Dolly always playing it off as if Fred was hearing things and drinking too much. Another four years went by till that fateful August night in 1922. 
Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So altogether, Otto has been living in an attic for 10 years. I would be so over it at that point. I don't care how fun she was. At at some point, I'd be like, you know what? I think I'm going to try something different. Right. And they have also said, and especially Otto has said, that their relationship, even though they were still having sexual activity, had turned into like a mother-son relationship. Oh, gross. I know. I know. Son, get over here and service me again. (laughs) Oh, oh, God. Well, you said it. You said mother-son. See, that's, that's not right. I know. After Fred had been shot and killed, Dolly had become a very rich widow. Dolly had been left a fortune totaling $600,000, which today would be worth $7 million. Well done. Dolly decided she needed a new house, and she and Otto moved. I was thinking that the two lovers could finally be together and Otto could move into the main house. Nope. His butt went right back up to the attic. But this time, he was allowed a typewriter and electricity. With age, Dolly's sexual appetite grew stronger, and she needed another lover. Okay, hold on. All right. Okay. So when it started, she was 33. Is that right? Yes. And then it went for 10 years, so she's 43. She's my age. And then that's approximately when something accidentally happened to Fred. Right. And then... From there, her sexual appetite grew even more. Yes. It grew from eight times a day. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Good point. Um, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, uh, this is unusual. It's very unusual. <laughs> <laughs> what is that called when you have a high sexual appetite? For what? For for her? Uh, like a nymphomaniac? Yes, that's it. That's the word I... Yeah, I'm assuming she was a nymphomaniac. Well, that's like the classic ad taken out in the newspaper, and it says, man seeking nymphomaniac who owns a brewery. <laughs> um, the most perfect woman. Right. Okay. Okay, where am I? Oh, enter her estate lawyer, Herman Shapiro. But like Fred... Herman worked long hours as well. So Dolly took on a third lover, Roy Clum. She's got three guys servicing her. Three. Three? Three. Wow. Yes. All right. I'm going to go back to my notes here and see, because she is definitely feeding her nether regions. (laughs) Um, Anyway, go ahead. Roy was a Hollywood producer who had known the Ostrex back in Mil- uh, back in Milwaukee. Roy had borrowed money from Fred to fund his move out west and to start his production company. A few weeks into their relationship, Dolly had entranced Roy enough to have him agree to dispose of a brown paper bag with the heaviness and outline of a small caliber pistol. Dolly told him to throw the bag into the La Brea tar pits and never ask any questions. That's awesome. Yes. So we've been to the La Brea Tar Pits. I mean, we have kids, so you have to like do stuff to entertain them. They're super cool. It is really cool. Super, super cool. So it's basically oil, right? That's bubbling from underneath the ground. And they have found, archaeologists have found bones of dinosaurs and Woolly, woolly mammoths. They're they're yeah, still mammoths, pulling as we speak. They're pulling bones and stuff out of the pits. Yeah, it's really cool. It's a ongoing archaeological excavation, literally in the middle of Los Angeles. Yeah, it's really bizarre 
yeah. for anyone who's never been to Los Angeles. It's super cool. Yeah, check it out. Really check it out. The fascinating thing, as a side note, is that Los Angeles, even though you think of it as super modern and all that stuff, mm. it it's all oil. It was all oil wells because there was just oil bubbling up out of the ground right there and tar and... Yeah. You know, everything like basically asphalt, yeah. natural. So there is empty buildings in downtown Los Angeles that just house oil. Like, They're fake. Like pump jacks. Mm-hmm. They're fake oil wells, but people don't like to think of the city as having pumping oil. So they just hide them and then everyone feels better about themselves. Yeah. When in reality, there's tons and tons of oil production right in the middle of Los Angeles. It's crazy. It's anyway. really crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, they threw the gun into the La Brea tar pits. Yeah, she asked him to throw the gun into the La Brea tar pits. It was before the museum was there, before the um, fences were up, all that kind of stuff. That's awesome. Dolly broke off the relationship with Roy a few months later, and Roy immediately went to the police with his story. Good thing Roy had a lousy pitching arm. Police located the bag and the gun on the embankment of the tar pits. <laughs> He never, oh my gosh. It never actually made it into the tar pits. It made it on the side of the tar pits. <laughs> well, yeah, that's good then. It's good he couldn't throw. Yeah. Dolly was soon arrested in mid-1923. While awaiting trial, Dolly asked Shapiro to bring food to her attic-dwelling vagabond half-brother. <laughs> Shapiro was to knock three times on the attic door to let Otto know he was there and leave. Shapiro stayed, and a small and pale young man opened the attic door. Having not spoken to another man in almost 10 years, Otto was excited to tell his story. He told Shapiro all about he and Dolly's affair, and even told the story of how Fred had been murdered. Oh, wow. Okay, so here's the thing. He was up in the attic. Shapiro was obviously banging Dolly at her house. Right. And Roy. So Otto's just listening to the, to her go at it with her boyfriend. Yeah, but he's waiting his turn. He's patient. I don't know. It's just weird. Like as so who in the hierarchy of who starts in the morning? Because she can't. She's going to go to sleep at some point. Maybe she gets up and then who who does she does she rotate or who gets who gets first dibs? I don't know. But then as Shapiro, he's like. Wouldn't you be thinking that? Like, oh, my God, how long has this guy been here? He's listening to us. It can't smell good. No. Yeah, it's just, it's bad. Okay. Okay, here we go. Otto said on the night of August 22nd, he heard Fred and Dolly arrive home. Fred was drunk and had begun arguing with Dolly. Otto heard the fighting escalate and thought that Fred might hurt Dolly. Otto left the safety of his attic and retrieved Fred's 22 caliber pistol and ran downstairs. Otto confronted Fred. Instead of cowering, how do you say that? Cowering? Instead of cowering, I can't say that. Cower? Ing. Yeah, cowering. Okay. Instead of cowering, <laughs> I can't say it. Just the way you wrote it. Uh, Fred came charging at Otto. Fearing for his life, Otto shot once, missing Fred and hitting the wall, then shot three more times, hitting Fred twice in the chest and one final shot to his head. As Fred lay dead on the parlor floor, Otto and Dolly came up with a plan. They would ransack the house to make it look like a home burglary gone wrong and steal Fred's diamond pocket watch. 
Then Otto would lock Dolly in the upstairs closet from the outside and leave the key near so the police could find it. He would then make his way back up to the attic and wait out the investigation. In the nicest possible way, Shapiro Shapiro told Otto it was time for him to leave, gave him some money, and sent him to Canada. Wowzers. And then Shapiro so kept the secret. Fred ultimately dead is dead from a shot to the head. Yes. Gotcha. All yes. Right. The final shot to the head. For Fred. Dolly was released from custody soon after Otto left because the gun was corroded and there wasn't any way to determine that the gun was Fred's twenty two caliber pistol. Dolly and Shapiro quickly moved in with one another. Shapiro never going to police with the information provided by Otto. For seven years, they lived in blissful sin until 1930, when Dolly kicked Shapiro to the curb. Shapiro then went to the police out of spite and told them all about Otto and his version of Fred's murder. Otto had been living in Canada under his new name, Walter Klein, and had even married a woman by the name of Matilda. The police investigated the three homes and found the secret compartments in the attics that corroborated Shapiro's story. Eight years after the shooting, Otto was arrested in Canada on April 7, 1930, and brought back to Los Angeles to face trial. Dolly turned herself in on the same day. Dolly was released on $50,000 bail, but Otto was denied bail and went to jail. Otto Sanhuber pled not guilty by reason of insanity. Otto stated that he had become Dolly's quote-unquote sex slave, and that she had manipulated him for over 10 years. Dolly Ostrike pled not guilty by reason of once having been in jeopardy. Once having been in jeopardy. Yes. Never heard of that before. Yeah, it was interesting. That's the first time I've ever read that. Sex slave. I guess that I could I could buy that cuz he started at 17. Yeah. So he probably didn't know any better and he also is in his prime. Yes. But young and kind of dumb. I've heard that lots of times. Like women should actually be dating or should be married to younger men. Um, older, you mean older women? Like older women should yeah. be married to younger men. And then older men should be married to younger women? I don't know. Well, now that doesn't make sense. But like women are more in their sexual prime when they're older and men are more in their sexual prime when they're younger. It sounds like Dolly though was always in her prime. I think so too. Yeah. Dolly Dolly had a lot going on down there. Evidently. Otto was found guilty of manslaughter, but the statute of limitations on manslaughter in California was three years at that time, and this was eight years after the murder. On July 11, 1930, Otto was a free man and disappeared. In a separate trial, Dolly's case ended in a hung jury. She was free to go as well. Dolly died at 80 years old in Los Angeles two weeks after marrying her partner of 30 years, Ray Burt Hendrick. Wow. She died at 80. So she was very popular at the rest home. <laughs> no, she wasn't at a rest home. <laughs> I know, I'm just kidding. This is old. Yeah, but it's, I mean, she was with this guy, Ray, for 30 years and then died two weeks after marrying him. Okay, here's something else I was thinking about. She is having sex constantly. Right. With not just the young guy, but then more guys afterwards and all at the same time. How did she not get pregnant ever? That is a very good question because she did only have one child. So I she obviously not, was not yeah. infertile. 
No, and I looked that up as well, and she, it didn't say anything about miscarriages or other children dying, nothing. Like, there was nothing And back in the day, I mean, birth control is certainly not really, didn't really exist. No. There just wasn't the technology and all that stuff. pull out method. No, I don't think there was even time, because there's not that many hours in the day. I mean, just just between she and... What's the first kid's name? I already forgot. Sorry. Oh, Raymond. Raymond. Uh, mm-hmm. They're doing it constantly. How? Wait, no. Raymond was her son that died. Are you talking about Otto? No, no I meant Otto. I'm okay. Sorry. Otto. Constant. Yeah. Eight times a day. So at some point, and he's young, so usually, you know, they're better, more virulent, right? Right. So that that's what I got out of it. Is I'm like, how is she right. not like pregnant all the time? Well, and then I was thinking, well, maybe Raymond... When Raymond was born, it was a really hard birth, and maybe something had happened, and then oh, right. things weren't functioning anymore. Right. I don't know. Huh. So I did look it up. I couldn't find anything because I had the same question. Okay. So I wanted to show you a picture of Dolly. That's Dolly at my age. Oh, boy. She's 43. She's not especially attractive. I think she's cute. I just, um, I don't that understand. That outfit is not helpful. And they didn't have underwire brassieres at the time. Oh, that's the top. That's her chest. I thought it was her stomach. No. Oh, my goodness. They are way down there. Yeah. She looks like she's 60. Yeah. So she looks like, you know, attractive 60 year old. Yes. But she's 43 in that picture. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I know. People. That is not what I pictured at all in my head. Yeah. People looked way older back in the day. Do you want to see Otto? Absolutely, I do. Okay. I'll post all these pictures on Instagram. You'll see what I mean, because at first I look at her, it looks like she kind of has a pooch in front. Yeah. (laughs) But then you're like, no, that's her chest. There's Otto. Oh, boy. All right. He's kind of nerdy. Yeah. But, you know, he's cute. How old do you think he is in that picture? Oh, in his 30s. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he looks a lot older. I know. People were ridden hard and put away wet. That is never more true than in this case. (laughs) Okay. You ready for a fun fact? Always. Yep. Go ahead. Okay. Fred's beautiful diamond octagon pocket watch had been found. Guess who had it? Who? Herman Shapiro, the lawyer, the estate lawyer. Dolly had given it to him as a gift before he knew about Otto. Dolly had told him that she had found it under some sofa cushions in the parlor but she didn't think it was important to tell the police. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And he used it for eight years. Walked around with a dead man's pocket watch. It never occurred to him to ask where it came from. Well, he knew where it came from. He just didn't say anything. He knew it was Fred's. He just didn't bother. Yeah, it just, you know, whatever. Out of sight, out of mind. Interesting. So here's some more thoughts. Dolly must have been amazing in the sack. Men were smitten with her, except Fred, whom I think had become impotent caused by his alcoholism. I was thinking about that because the the number one thing we start reading about, like erectile dysfunction, all that stuff. Number one thing they say is alcohol. You got to cut off alcohol, Mm -hmm. Um, especially long periods of alcohol. Yes. And he's been an alcoholic for decades. Yeah. And so so she wanted it and he he couldn't do it. Yep. Some sources say that Fred had found out about the affair between Dolly and Otto and had fired Otto from the factory, and that's why Dolly had him move into the attic. 
It's plausible. It's very plausible. Yeah. Here's some food for thought. <laughs> Dolly and Shapiro and Dolly and Roy. Roy was le- um, lever number three who had thrown the gun into the La Brea tar pits. Right. Were sleeping together while Otto was still living in the attic. Oh, of course they were. Yeah. It, it, and it, the way to get to the attic at her new home, so the third house, the third attic, was to go through the master bedroom. And it was like an actual door. So she just had him as her side piece up in the attic waiting yeah. at her beck and call. And then she would scratch three times on the door. Oh, God. And his little butt would come running or crawling. Yeah. Otto, I'm waiting for I'm you. I'm waiting for you. I'm ready again. Yes. Oh. So what I kept picturing when I was reading the story and doing the research is there's this dumb horror movie called The Boy. Did, did I ever make you see that? No. And this guy like lives in the walls of his parents' mega mansion. They have a doll that looks like the boy. And you think the house is haunted by this little boy spirit because he keeps moving the doll and stuff. Okay. But actually, this grown-ass man is living in the walls and the attic of this big old house. Somebody breaks the doll, and then he jumps through this glass uh, mirror thing that looks like a mirror, Uh and he jumps through it. And so that's what I was thinking of Otto when he comes running down the stairs with the gun to shoot Fred. Like, imagine being Fred. You're yelling at your wife, or maybe there was an argument, maybe there wasn't, and then you hear doors slamming upstairs, somebody running down the stairs. Isn't that that horrifying? Yeah, that is insane. Yeah, that gives me chills. Just what was he thinking? Like, oh my God, there's somebody else in the house? And she just got off on it. Yeah. She loved it. It's weird. Kept her in a permanent heightened state of arousal, evidently. Yeah, it's so weird. And there's that. So the LA house is still there. It has a different address now. And it's a large enough house that it was turned into multifamily units. So for our L.A. listeners, the home is in the Silver Lake area. The outside is still very much the same as when the Ostrikes and Otto lived there. I'm not going to give the address because I actually think it's rude <laughs> to give the new address because people deserve to live in. Right. I'm sure I'm sure the info's out there anyway. Well, but, it is. And yeah. if people don't know that that's the house they're living in, then they should just be blissfully unaware and not right. know where they're living. Yes. So my sources for this case were the television show, A Crime to Remember, and I read a ton of articles, and I listened to another fabulous podcast that I am obsessed with, and it's called Once Upon a Crime. I love the host. She's brilliant, and her voice soothes my anxiety-ridden self. (laughs) Well, thank you, Esther. (laughs) Thank you, Esther. (laughs) So that A Crime to Remember is on Amazon Prime. And I wanted to throw this out there because I know there's a lot of people who, like me, like movies and stuff, because I'm always talking about movies. But does anybody remember Val Kilmer? Yes. Yes. There's a documentary about Val Kilmer on Amazon Amazon Prime right now, and it's called Val. And it's amazing. And everybody needs to go watch it. It's all about his life and his films that he's done. And he um, loved to film behind the scenes stuff happening on all the movies that he was in. Oh, really? And it's so cool. And he had uh, throat cancer. So he can't really talk anymore. 
But his son narrated this documentary and his son sounds exactly like him. It's the coolest documentary, documentary, you guys. I really, really recommend it. Please go watch it. This man was just incredible. That's so, awesome. Yes. <laughs> I had to throw that out there. So what do you think of my case? That is that is really cool and fascinating. Yeah, I was really excited to tell you this one. I mean, obviously, obviously anything where you have goofy people and sexual stuff is always interesting. I don't care who you are. It is. But that is nuts because it's not like, oh, this is the 80s and everyone's, you know, doing blow and all this crazy stuff. <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> like, you know, obviously there's all those movies about right. it. But this is like, oh, no, this is bad, way back in the day. Yeah. So it's super crazy. Yeah, it is. It's just, it was a great case. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So if you like our humble little podcast, can you please go rate and review and subscribe? Thank you, if you can. Yes, we really appreciate it. And then if um, if you do, then you just might hear us read your review. I know some of our listeners have noticed that we have been putting out our episodes on Tuesdays. And that seems to work the best for us. So I think we're going to continue doing that. So expect to have an episode every Tuesday. And then when we get more content or we get more people writing into us about crazy stuff that's happened in their marriage or cases or, you know, grandma stabs grandpa with a fork because he was drunk, anything like that, then we will start doing, you know, like once a week reading some of those stories too. I think that would be fun. Um, we haven't gotten there yet, but we're working on it. There's always something to lead up to. There is. So expect every Tuesday, we will give you a new episode. We will do our best. Yes. Which is better than our worst. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> Be careful. For marriage is a life sentence. Bye. Bye. Bye.